Ladies and gentlemen, he's the samurai of student ministry, the networking ninja, a Jedi master of church budgets, the beast from the southeast, the next-gen nerd himself, CJ! What's up, my nerds? Welcome back to the Next Gen Nerd Podcast. Glad to have you guys with us. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Give us five stars and a great review so others can find us. And the easiest way to share this is by going to nextgennerd.com and sending that to your buddies. Well, guys, I've got a special treat for you. I got my buddy Kyle Creel on the podcast. He is the uh, leader of the Small Town Youth Ministry Podcast. If you haven't heard it, you got to check it out. Even if you say, I live in Atlanta, there are plenty of great nuggets. Kyle, how you doing, bud? Hey. I'm great. Thanks, CJ. Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to talk nerd talk and, and ministry talk with you. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, I, I was excited because uh, I listen to your podcast and I love hearing you finish your podcast. And you said, hey, if you give me a review, uh, I'll send you some free content. And I said, how about I leave you a review and you check out my podcast? And then you said, hey, I would love to be on the podcast. And I said, I would love to have you on the podcast. <laughs> so uh, that what is talk- true. What are we talking about today, Kyle? Batman. Uh, I used to be a, a, a diehard Superman guy, and then I just realized he's, uh, no, uh, Batman is the, is the far superior hero for me <laughs> to go ahead and spend my time with. Uh, so, uh, so Kyle, why don't you tell us about your uh, history with Batman? Tell me why you have such a great affinity for Batman. Uh, well, just history-wise, I was hooked as a kid on the 1990s animated batman series fantastic series. Uh, that, yes it's just it's classic storytelling television that actually is still like good stuff today uh the, the art is also amazing but it was just this phenomenal show that like introduced not only a superhero that could kick butt and he was really smart it showed his human side. We all, of course, know that he doesn't have superpowers and uh, he's vulnerable to every problem the rest of us can face. Uh, And that opened the show up to some awesome storytelling. Uh, And uh, I was just hooked. And there was a great cast of characters on it. Actually, that TV show is responsible for creating some of Batman's villains that didn't exist in the comics beforehand. Uh, Harley Quinn being one of them, actually. Yep, yep. So uh, that was that was great. I loved that as a kid. Uh, but it was a, a little bit of the off season of the superheroes for a while for me throughout middle school and high school until Christopher Nolan's Batman movies yep, came exactly. out. Yep, yep. I was in college and that just kind of reignited, reignited my Batman passion. And uh, at, at that, until that point in time, I hadn't even really read the comics, but I started getting into that in adulthood, starting with both classic storylines and collecting new issues. And since then, I have read a lot of Batman. And I would say I have a pretty unhealthy amount of trivia <laughs> when it comes to okay. uh, Batman catalog in my brain. Uh, but if there's one thing I can say stands out that just like why I love him so much is that is that humanness and yeah. the fact that uh, he's dedicated uh, to bringing justice uh, and uh, he doesn't want to kill. And it's just like it's it's a very noble, 
honorable character in the world of comics. And uh, Batman, he's just the best, hands down. Hands down. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I uh, I remember the animated series. Uh, if I had to pick, um, if I had to pick between that though and the Justice League cartoon, the 2000s Justice League cartoon, I'd pick the the Justice League cartoon for me as a gold standard of animated DC TV shows. Um, and in there, you also see Batman as uh, as the one who's really leading the Justice League. You know, you have all he these is. these super powered individuals, and he's the one that really has to keep them grounded and focused. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I grew up watching the the old live action movies with uh, the Tim Burton ones with Michael Keaton and uh, yeah, Val Kilmer and the very unfortunate one with George Clooney. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mentioned nipples. Yes, <laughs> I mentioned uh, in one of my uh, Instagram stories lately. I was watching the old 1960s one with Adam West. That movie, which is is just as corny as the Batman and Robin movie. Mm-hmm. It's infinitely more satisfying. Like it's like it, it it knows that it's a joke. It doesn't it doesn't feel yes. like a joke. Uh, and so uh, you know, there, I, I laughed so hard at the scene where he got this bomb over his head and he's running to try and throw it uh, away from people under the water. And every time he gets to a section, there's a marching band or there's du- little ducklings in the way, and and he exasperates, holds over his head. He goes, "Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb." And I laughed so hard, my kids like, "I don't." That wasn't funny. No, it was funny. You just didn't you just didn't get it. It was yes. Uh, um so no so i I, the adam west days i I gotta say a quick little side nugget in college i had a band and uh to kind of give a nod to that we had a band and the band's name was the adam west experiment nice very nice yeah very nice you definitely have to recognize uh those days uh you take them all you know and and, uh, and it's hard to figure out which would be the more iconic performance, Adam West as Batman or Shatner as, as Captain Kirk. I mean, those two, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, my pastor is like rolling over right now. I can't believe you would even begin to compare Adam West to Shatner, but that's okay. Um, no, so I, I love Batman. Like I said, I was, I was big into Superman at one point just because of the – the Christology references, especially mm-hmm. in um, in Superman Returns, uh, and um, and reading into those comics, uh, but he's written not even just as a Boy Scout; he's written as just kind of a weak character. Whereas Batman is a much more rounded character um, yeah. uh, who has actual flaws that are his, and not he, you know, he, he struggles with things. And now, to be fair, and in, uh, in the Christopher Nolan movies with um, or not, uh, Zack Snyder movies with uh, with Superman, there's definitely some more flaws there. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and we're seeing a little more of that in some of the newer comics, but for me, I started reading Batman comics in, in the new 52. Uh, I read, yeah, that's all... when I picked up too. Yes. Uh, and, and, and reading those and reading, and, and I'm, I'm an equal opportunity superhero guy. I don't care what universe you're in. I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. Um, however, I find that the comics written DC comics written have much better fleshed out storylines than a lot of the ones I read in the, uh, in the MCU, maybe, or the or Marvel universe. I, I, maybe I picked up the wrong ones, but I have much more enjoyed reading Batman storylines, Justice League storylines. Even the Martian Manhunter mm-hmm. short run they did in New 52 was excellent. Um, so, I don't know. Those are, those are my thoughts. That's my, that's my history. Um, I've heard many nerds say that Marvel has the better movies and DC's got the better comic stories. Uh, I, I, I would agree with that. I would say that we have better animated movies. DC has better animated movies as well. I mean, the number yes. of Batman, mm-hmm. they're fantastic, well-told stories. And even though the the uh, the big blockbuster uh, pictures in recent years has not been on par 
with um with Marvel, I still enjoy them. I still I'm I'm st- you make a Batman yeah. flick, I'm going to go see it. I'm going to go see it and I'm going to enjoy yeah. it. Um, but uh, but no, I do I do I do love me some Batman. Well, I've got some questions here to kind of help us uh to to further uh do a nerdy deep dive into Batman. So let's okay. start with the one that everyone's going to start with. Uh, I I want to know your live action Batman's ranked. Uh, let's start with the worst and move our way to the best. So let's see if you have the correct order. Okay. Um, how many are we, how many are we specifically talking about? Cause I want to make sure I don't leave anybody out. Yeah, you're good. A lot you're good. So, so shows and whatnot. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, let me do this live action motion pictures. So, so movies, so the, the live action movie Batman's. So uh, you've got Adam West, you've got, um, uh, then you've got Keaton, uh, Kilmer and Clooney, uh, Affleck, and um, that may be. It. I mean, Pattinson. I wouldn't do Pat. We haven't seen Pattinson yet. I think it's gonna be a fantastic movie. But um, <laughs> we'll we'll do those. We'll do those. So uh, you're you're ordering of those. Okay. Batman. I mean, because Kevin Conroy, right. Kevin Conroy has animated Batman at the top, and then we'll, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> but but technically, see, I was asking because if you go by television, is counting real life. He played in the crossover event for CW, I believe. Oh, did he? Uh, I, I believe that he shows up as a Batman. Uh, I'm like, in, I'm like, flashpoint thing. I'm like six seasons removed uh, on the shows. Like I watched up until I think like Arrow season seven, like across the board. I haven't, I haven't watched any lately. So uh, okay, well we won't count that. So okay. uh, we're All talking right. big screen only. Um, probably easily at the bottom is going to be Clooney. Okay. Um, Nothing wrong with the guy, but he just wasn't what a great Batman. As we already said, there was some pretty kooky stuff in there. Yes. Uh, followed up by, mm, I've got nothing wrong against Affleck either. But no. would you want to split him, uh, DCEU and Snyderverse? Because I feel like I feel like they're two different characters. Uh, uh I mean. He does a great way of portraying, I think, the gruff, older, um, like sure. Dark yeah. Knight Returns type. Uh, but um, uh, he, he's not been my favorite representation. Cool. And cool. that's all I'm going to say. Um, probably next is Adam West. It's just like, I appreciate what he did. And sure, there's the <laughs> campiness and everything. But like, he's, he's not like the most epic. Um, then probably not going to fight over uh, who was better. No, you know what? Uh, we'll say that... Val Kilmer is underneath Michael Douglas. Okay. okay. Uh, Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. I'm I would, sorry. I would love to see Michael Douglas as an old <laughs> Batman, but, uh, but yes. My, so yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. So uh, Kilmer, then Keaton. And then at the top. And then at the top would be why I'm having a brain fart right now. Christian Bale. I feel, oh, Christian Bale. Thank you. Yeah. I, I think that gets everybody in. Yep. yep. I sure hope it does. Yeah, I think I think you're I think you're dead on. Uh, we, uh, like as far as I'm thinking about it, the the one thing I would say is I really enjoyed Affleck's performance in the Snyder Cut. Um, I, I I really enjoyed that. So I may move him, and I'm going to get flack for this one. I may move him above Adam West, and in time I might even move him above Kilmer, but he's not there yet. Uh, I'm just so glad that Kilmer was so high up on your list because I get so much flack for saying I enjoyed uh, Batman Forever. Like I I mean that was that was my 
you know, prime teenage year, like this is my Batman movie. Uh, ah. I get, I get, I get so much heat for saying I, I enjoyed Kilmer. Um, but no, I think it's a good order. I think it's a good order. Uh, and like I said, we'll see where uh, Robert Pattinson falls. But um, I'm excited. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready to go see it. Um, okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, I don't think I would change. Like I said, I, I, those are the only semi changes. And even then, I still like the order. I still like it. Um, all right. So you mentioned uh, villains earlier. Who are your favorite Batman villains? Top villains. I, uh, I will admit that I pre-made my top five list. I thought <laughs> on, on this one a lot, but I can't put it in any particular order. That's fine. But That's here, fine. That's okay. Yeah, here, here they are. Um, top five include the Joker. Obviously, yep. there's just hands down, you can't make a top list without having it on it. He Agreed. is Batman's antithesis. Um, next, I put in the Court of Owls. If okay, you've yeah. read that New yeah. 52 um, mm-hmm. Scott Snyder run of Batman, uh, he does these 12 issues. They're just really phenomenal uh, with, with this story, um, introducing a brand new villain. Best new villain, I think, of the millennium. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to say any more than that. I okay. just encourage readers, go check out The Court of Owls. It is Next, I, I put Bane. Uh, Bane has got actually a pretty good backstory if mm-hmm. you look into it. He is way more than he was presented in the <laughs> movie where he works side by side with Poison Ivy and the uh, Batman animated TV series. Mm-hmm. Um, he was just like all muscle. He's actually very smart and he's got a tragic backstory. It actually kind of aligns with Bruce Wayne's a little bit. So yeah, Bane, pretty good stuff. Um, my next one was a little bit of a twist. Uh, I would say it would be actually Batman's father, Thomas Wayne, as Batman. Okay. If yeah, you yeah, yeah. Really deep into uh, your your DC understanding, you know about the Flashpoint, mm-hmm. and you know that actually he became Batman when his son died in that alley instead of him. And uh, he did not become the righteous Batman. He's a Batman that uses a gun. Mm -hmm. And then he also goes off and uh, tries to through some, not going to explain too deeply because I don't want to ruin any stories, but (laughs) he tries to save his son later uh, through a, a different event. He's sort of able to come into the real universe and he's trying to save his son from being Batman. He's trying to do it to make his son happy. Uh, but it means you're killing the Batman. And so he turns into kind of a villain. And uh, I find that intriguing. And I, I like that. And then uh, also, my last one, uh, I've got to say, if, you, if you've checked up on the newest set of DC Comics in the last few years, you might be familiar with the metal story. And there's the Batman who laughs. He's a pretty creepy, pretty cool rendition. It's this what if the Batman was Jokerized? I got you. Uh, uh, they they stretched the character out a little bit, uh, but overall, it was really cool, really cool villain. So uh, yeah, I those are probably my top five. That last one, I actually have a Funko Pop of that in uh, in my office. Uh, that's up there. So it's and it always goes, "What is that?" I go, "It's it's if Batman and Joker were the were the same person." Uh, no, excellent, excellent list, excellent list. I like it. Um, uh, I didn't even think about Thomas Wayne. I'm trying to remember, was he with the uh, the group that came over? Um, well, it would have been a new, it would have been Justice League New 52, where they brought over like Ultraman, which was like the the evil version of Superman. Oh, oh no, no, no. That 
is from people from Earth 3, and they are uh, the, it's not the Injustice Society. I think uh, it's the, just the Justice Society, isn't it? Or the... Oh, I can't remember, but um, he, uh, the, the Batman had part is Owlman. Oh, that's right, um, that's right, that's right. Yep. Yeah, um, sorry. I'm, I'm looking it up because now I am kind of curious crime syndicate. crime the syndicate crime syndicate yes yeah, yep uh that was that was a that was a fun one that was fun one. uh no i like those i, I like that, that whole list a fantastic list i don't know much about bane how does it how does it relate to his storyline in the dark knight returns or in, rises in dark knight no no what's the third uh dolan movie uh dark knight rises dark knight returns um you got batman begins dark knight if only we had the internet. Um, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. I just don't want to say it wrong. Because Dark Knight Rises. Dark Knight Rises, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. yeah. I knew it was very similar because uh, Dark Knight Returns is a famous graphic novel. And I knew it wasn't the same. But now okay. you got me going. I could only remember. So how, yeah. does, it, how does it match up with his storyline there in uh, Dark Knight Rises? Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't think they give him a whole lot of the, the background, but I do know that there's this famous line that he says in the movie that kind of goes along with it. Remember, like it's been memed so many times. Yeah, he's I, was, like, I was born um, in the dark. You, yeah. Yes, that, that line. Um, uh, he literally was, he was born in a prison because his dad had committed crimes but died and this very strict nation that they were a part of demanded somebody had to serve the jail time mm. and so they uh imprisoned this man's pregnant wife mm. and so she had to serve his jail time and she had the baby in the prison and the baby had to stay in prison too and it birthed this very tough uh man uh uh and uh, it turns into basically what we see in the Christopher Nolan movie. And um, he is definitely out to cause political destruction. And he also wants a challenge and that is to break the bat. And so a lot of that is similar, but I would say they just did not give him the backstory that was, was due. And that was probably the time issue True. there. True. There was a lot going on in that movie. Yes. But it's it's an honest representation. Okay. Um, I also, uh, of course, Joker. Yes. I mean, you, you don't want to list them in number, but let's be honest. Joker's at the top of the list, no matter which way you cut cut it on that one. Um, so I have two thoughts here with Joker. Number one, I remember one of my favorites, like, like moments in reading comic books uh, was when uh, Batman is in the chair and he's able to ask any anything and have any answer and 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 know everything. And so he yes. asks, he asks what the Joker's name is, and the response is which one. And I remember throwing my comic down at that point, like what <laughs> what does that mean? What does it mean? Which one? And then it's revealed the three Jokers and and all that stuff, which uh, it, they kind of followed up in, in Rebirth. Um, but that was a that was a big moment for me. That was a big moment where I was just. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, and the payoff of that. Did you read Three Jokers this fall? No, they no, I, I've got it on my list, but I haven't read it yet. Okay, Jeff Johns is the man when it comes to <laughs> comics. His Justice League run is probably still one of my favorites. But um, yeah, that three part, the Three Jokers 
is got some really great bat family stories, a couple great twists in it. Go, go move it up your list. It's moving, it's moving up the list. It's moving up the list. Uh, the other thing, uh, have you seen the fan theory that Batman does have a superpower, uh, which involves his relationship with Joker? Um, they, they take the scene from the dark night where everything tends to fall in exactly the right place. Uh, that Joker has this increased luck, like it's not a real superpower, but it's somehow everything always works out for him. Uh, that he's able to do all these crimes and not get caught. And that Batman has the antithesis of that superpower and that he is able to foil it, which causes the, the Joker and Batman tension where Joker looks and goes, how is it that you're able to foil these things that I'm doing when it all falls into place whenever you're not around? And so it's this idea that both of them, and not never the antithesis, but they have the same ability, but like Batman's is stronger, that somehow he is able to be in the right place with the right gadget at the right time to foil Joker's complex plots. Uh, and so they are like, maybe he does have some weird little mini superpower that allows him to be who he is uh i, I thought it was a, a neat theory i don't hmm. know if it's accurate but i thought it was i was like oh i could i can see that which is why when they, they say one of the, the the theory was it's one of the reasons why joker is so literally enamored like loves the bat loves to mm-hmm. be around it because it's just so unusual to him that uh that his 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 plots don't work out when the bat's around but they work out every other time I'm going to be honest, I hadn't heard that theory. And if you got like a YouTube video on that, send it to me. I'd like to see that. Uh, But I will say that a divine orchestrated like use of Batman to be the answer to this darkness, you know, of the the Joker and and whatever. Um, I could could see that being a a fun theory, but uh, there's actually closer shots to him actually having a superpower in canon right now uh, that some people I know are pretty like, eh, about. (laughs) One of them is that he, during the New 52 run, uh, they introduced this element called Dionysium, where it basically let them reanimate bodies. And there is a pretty awesome story uh, where Batman and Joker like fight to the death pretty much. And you think that they're both dead and they even have, what is it? Uh, 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 Commissioner Gordon take up the mantle as Batman in like this mecha bat suit for a while. Oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But you, you figure out actually because they were in this underground cave where this element was uh, that like got fused into their bodies, maybe in their spine or something like that, uh, that both of them, may never die they might be able to come back uh and i don't know if they'll try to flush that out even if it's just in an else world sort of kind of thing yeah, yeah but yeah batman may be partially meta and some people are like no don't do that to batman other people <laughs> are like oh i like this you know right. and so that's possibly out there and also i do know that there was an issue or two where he did get superpowers uh, through a crazy story also in the new 52 uh, justice league run um, i think he literally turns into a bat or something i can't remember but then they That's negate familiar. those powers yes. so that, i don't think that one really counts uh but you could also say like what about when he was on the mobius chair you know just like he yeah, yeah, yeah. had all knowledge you know there's been times when batman's had powers he's wielded a green lantern link ring yep. before you know yep um uh, and so, yeah, there, there's been Batman's with powers where we, we can, we can admit that, 
But yeah, so anyway, I don't know. That was me sort of nerding out and, and, no, no, no. and doing a nerdy flex. No, so I'm sorry it. if I really didn't answer your original question. No, no, no. You're uh, I'm making notes of everything that I need to to brush up on in the next in the next couple of weeks. I will um I'll find the article that I'm thinking of and I'll put it in the show notes. Um I'll I'll also email it to you, but I'll put it in the show notes for anyone else right. who's like, I would like to read that. All right, uh, next question. Favorite sidekick. Favorite sidekick. Batman's got a few of them. Hmm. You mean just the character, not like my favorite portrayal of them? Uh, I, I meant just the character. I meant just the character. You're okay. welcome to add that in as well. Um, uh, I, I just watched um, uh, Bad Blood again. And so that introduces Batwing and Batwoman. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then you've got, um, you know, the four Robins. Uh, well, five, if you count the yeah. girl whose name I can't remember right now off the top of my head. Um, so you've got the five Robins. Uh, you've got Batgirl. Um mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, favorite favorite sidekick. I'm gonna go for the easy answer, and I'm going to probably say uh, we've got the very first Robin, Dick Grayson. Uh, yep, Dick Grayson, who was great at what he did, mm-hmm. and he even became his own great superhero later, Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, I, he's well rounded all over. Some yep. people, though, may say, oh, he's not, you know, flawed enough. You know, just like he, he stole the dead parent trope, you know, from, from Batman himself. Uh, and, and I understand that. And so uh, you, you can challenge me on my... No, I like that. No, my, I like uh, that. On the validity of my answer. And uh, so then if you have to twist my arm, I have a backup. Well, I'll say, okay, you know who his best sidekick is? It's Alfred. Uh, you know what? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, uh, I like, I like your first choice. I liked it, Grayson. Uh, and I don't, I wouldn't say that he stole the dead parent trope from Batman, but provided Batman an opportunity to make something better than he was, uh, as a child, uh, taking that, that gave him an opportunity to go, mm-hmm. okay, this could be different. So I like, I liked it, Grayson. I like, uh, I like him as Nightwing. Uh, I even like him as Batman and the few instances that he's taken up the cow. Yeah. Yeah. He also took up the cow. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, Dick Grayson is the, the true successor. Uh, I mean, I, I like Damian Wayne, but he is the true successor uh, mm-hmm. to Batman. So I like that. But you know what? I had not thought of Alfred and you are right. Uh, I mean, Alfred uh, through and through is, is the best sidekick. Now here's another fan theory that, um, that I saw that I, again, I was blown away by. Uh, they were using, they're using Alfred from uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. And they were saying that, you know, it looks almost inappropriate the way that he talks to Batman or the way that he cares for Batman, unless it wasn't a, he wasn't a butler, but the father. And the idea that what if uh, Thomas Wayne is actually not Bruce Wayne's dad, but Alfred <sighs> Pennyworth is, uh, is Bruce Wayne's dad. And I went, that would be pretty awesome. That would be kind of, that would be a, that would be a big twist. That would be unusual. <laughs> That, that would be weird yeah you're saying like there's something that like happened on the side with martha and he's the secret father but thomas yes. always thought he was well um i mean like sure but <laughs> I, I i i know that uh there's i could pull up so many examples in the comics and stuff yeah. where he basically said you were the man who raised me you are my father yeah. you yeah. know and just like he he allows him to have that kind mm-hmm. of voice in his life and be able to speak to him. Um, different comics, different cartoon shows and everything, they do present him as more of the uh, quiet, gentle uh, butler who knows his place. 
But I still think that even if not portrayed in every medium, Alfred has that right. Yes. And he's yeah. probably the only one who really has that right. Maybe next to Dick. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I hear you there. Um, uh, it, they were speaking particularly of Michael Caine's performance as this very emotionally wrapped up in, which if you raise the boy, it would be that way. But I just thought that was interesting. Uh, Lucius Fox is another one that I would go, is another one who's able to speak into and push mm-hmm. back on, on Batman a little more yeah. than, than others. Um, uh, so no, I, I like those. I like those. Uh, yes. Um, you know, ranking the, the Robins, you know, I would put Tommy Drake near the bottom, um, you know, as, uh, as red Robin, uh, I do like never, the, never thought he was too grand. <laughs> no, well, I mean, was was he the one that they voted to kill off? Like they they made they made a vote for one of them to kill. No, off. that was Jason Todd. Jason Todd, that was who, Jason Todd, who they brought back as the Red Hood. Um, uh, yeah. So, anyways, uh, have you watched the uh, the Titan series at all on HBO Max? No, I have not. We kept saying like, "Hey, we're gonna get like a free trial and watch that," even after the first season, and haven't done it. I've heard that it's available on Netflix if you use a VPN to be anywhere outside of the United States. That it's available uh, there. Oh, really? Uh, I just throw that out there. I don't know the legality of such practices. However, uh, <laughs> I am told that it is available that way as well. I I, I thought it was really good. Uh, season three is coming out. I'm excited for season three. Uh, season two was better than season one, uh, but it's um. It's got uh, Dick Grayson's leading that, and so it's uh, it's it's fun. It's fun. All right, next question: uh, Bat vehicles. What's your favorite Bat vehicle? We got the Batmobile, but specifically, which Batmobile? If you're going to pick one, uh, if that's if that's your choice, if you'd say, oh, definitely the Batmobile. Which I would think for me, it is. For me, I'll answer first on this one. For me, uh, it is the Batmobile. Um, and if I was going to pick which one, uh, it would be the uh, one from Batman with Michael Keaton. That Batmobile. If I it, when I think Batmobile, I think that one. I don't typically think Chris Nolan. I know that um, I, I know that that's the one that he used uh, in the early comics, more of a tank look. But it was always for mm-hmm. me. If I think the Batmobile, uh, it's the one that Michael Keaton drives. It is uh, and you're just want to make sure we're on the same page. We're talking about the one that the sides split off. So like he can go down the alley and be like extra no, narrow, right? No, that's Batman Returns. That's Batman Returns. I'm talking about the one oh. that has the armor that folds up that he goes into. Um, uh, oh my goodness, the chemical plant and drops the bombs off the side of it. It's much more chunky. It's it's bigger. It's, it's oh, heftier. Okay. Um, whereas okay. Uh, Batman Returns is a little more sleek, and then even Batman Forever is even sleeker. Uh, I don't like the Batman Forever one. That one's kind of a sorry looking Batmobile in my opinion, but. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to disagree. The one that I mentioned, Batman Returns one. I'm actually looking at a photo of it right now. I had a toy of this growing okay. up, and it is really a definitive Batmobile for me. It actually also uh, echoes a lot the Batmobile from the animated series. Okay. And uh, it, was, it was just the definitive shape. It was so cool, even if it doesn't look like it's a feasible vehicle to be driving, you know? <laughs> I mean, like this thing's got to turn like a limousine or something yes. like that. Yeah. I don't see how he's really chasing criminals through Gotham traffic, but it was the design and it was that moment in the movie where it pops off and just like, woo. And I'm like, that's so cool. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking at, I, I haven't seen a whole lot of pictures of the new Batmobile. I do kind of like it. It's like a 1960s muscle car look. Um, so who knows? This next movie may change my opinion on uh, on the Batmobile I want to drive. But, um, but no, I like it. Um, let's see. I have uh, two more questions. These are much shorter. Uh, most ridiculous Batvention. Uh, most ridiculous 
thing that he's got in his utility belt, uh, most ridiculous thing that he has created that he attaches bat to that you go, okay, we get it. Like you have to have a bat everything. Um, uh, I'll go first on this one too. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be two. It's a two for, for me on this one. One is the individual bat sprays, the bat shark spray from the 1966 Batman, uh-huh. bat whatever. Uh, and then the bat card, the bat master card that George Clooney has when he's going to get drive through. Those are the two that I go, Uh, nope i'm out i'm out on those oh man well i i gotta say uh that scene from the original adam west batman movie where he's hanging from the helicopter you know and there's the shark and he's like robin quick get the bat shark repellent spray and it there it is it's labeled bat shark repellent spray and they know what they're making fun of you know and i i don't know like it's not it wasn't in the utility belt but it was a bat gadget it was like that kind of automatically just hits the top of the list of absurd sort of things um but uh there's been a lot of other things in that i remember even just in a recent comic uh there was this like charging power cell that he has and he pulls it out and he uses it at this just the right moment to be able to do something amazing and harley quinn is nearby and she's like you've got like you know like a power supply now and he's like Yes, I call it the battery. And she's like, oh, don't you even. No, don't go there. And just like, if, if it's got a pun in it, then it probably also should make the list. Yes. But yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the early TV show with Adam West is, is just rife with uh, bat inventions that you go, oh, okay. All right, we're just gonna add bat to it. Got it. Um, last question. Uh, have, you see, have you seen Snyderverse? Have you seen Just League Snyderverse? Yeah, yeah, a couple of weeks back, a friend and I watched it. It was great. So, uh, so what they're saying is they're, they're now looking at the two possibilities. One is to continue with a cohesive DCEU where everyone is on the same planet, same timeline, everything else, it all has to fit. The other is the idea of a Snyderverse multiverse where we're just going to make DC superhero films. They may not tie together. They may not be in the same universe. They may not be in the same timeline. Where do you fall in preference of, of what you would rather have? A cohesive uh, like MCU style, all these movies tie in, or people can make whatever movies they want, and we'll just say it's in a multiverse. Hmm. Well, based off of what's already out there, because I don't see how you could get it to fit together everything that's out there right now. And even because, you know, all of a sudden actors drop their contracts or get canceled or whatever, and then that can like ruin a whole project. I'm going to say, I just prefer a multiverse because then you don't have to worry about making everything fit Mm. and you can tell the stories that you want to tell because I would still be down for like a really awesome bat fleck um dark knight returns kind of story yeah, yeah. um uh, and and that have that not work out with this wherever they're going with the uh the young robert pattinson year one-ish kind yeah. of detective sort of thing and wherever they decide to stick a different take than jared leto uh, of a joker in there you know like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm down with that yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, 
is it nice in the MCU to have this cohesive, like, oh, look, there, this is where this happens and this is all tied in? Yeah, that's fun. Um, but uh, the great thing about comics is the number of, of sh- shoot-offs and spin-offs that don't make sense being able to go, we're just going to make that and it's not going to tie in and it's just going to be fun and you're mm-hmm. going to enjoy it. I like that a whole lot more than trying to, to land this you know, gigantic plane on a tiny runway. I, I like the idea, you know, I mean, I- even if Marvel took a page from that playbook and goes, we're going to do a Marvel Zombies TV series or a Marvel Zombies uh, movie, you know, it doesn't have to tie in. It doesn't have, to have anything to do with anything else. It's just, we're going to have fun with this. And I like that idea too. So with the Snyderverse and the possibility of being able to have, you know, the nightmare verse with uh, post-apocalyptic Batman and Superman fighting. Mm-hmm. I like that, you know, being able to pull in yeah. an injustice timeline to go ahead and do a move. I'm, I, I like that a lot better. Like, like this, I don't, they don't need to all tie together. I know who Batman is. I want to see all the different kinds of Batmans you can throw at me. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm with you on that one. I think, I think it'd be easier to, for, for the DCEU to be able to succeed if they weren't trying to make it the MCU. Like, do you do something different? Make yourself stand out. Um, and uh, I mean, who knows? I mean, have a fun, campy Batman movie because I'm I'm down. I don't care. I'll watch it. Uh, but um, mm-hmm. but no, I'm in. I'm in. Well, hey, I uh, I love Batman, but I also love talking about ministry. Uh, and I mentioned uh, your podcast a little bit. Why don't you tell us a little bit uh, about what your goal is? Uh, and I'll tell you some of the things that I was that I'm intrigued by uh, in your podcast. Let's start there. All right, sure. Thanks. Um, well, to tell you a little bit of personal information, I had grown up in the suburbs my whole entire life. And I went to a college in a major city. And I just thought that this kind of lifestyle would continue. And in all the jobs I tried for, like, just doors kept closing. And, and the first place I ended up getting a full-time job was a small little community and I was like, I don't want to go there, God. And that's where he sent me. Because, you know, when he's sovereign and you're not, that's, that's how it works. Amen. Uh, yeah. And I, I relearned everything, you know, like I was no longer like, hey, guys, let's go to Starbucks and a major, you know, sports team uh game I don't, yeah, yeah. i've never been a, a fan of sports i'm just trying to say it or it's like let's go laser tagging you know and all the yeah, stuff yeah. that was simply yeah. at our disposal and then so having to kind of like relearn ministry and then i was in that community for about six years and then god brought us to another place even smaller actually uh but but very similar and i was just like this is not what I expected, but mm. I'm content with it. And, and I've learned a whole lot in over 10 years doing that now. And uh, so fast forward just a little while, I had managed to disciple some guys who graduated from the youth ministry and wanted to go into ministry and just sent the last one off after spending a couple of years with them. And uh, I didn't know who I was going to help next, you know, cultivate from this community And then during a quiet drive through the country, God sort of just like hit me with this idea. And I realized, hey, there are more Christian podcasts that you can shake a stick at, especially about youth ministry, uh, that give a lot of tips to the large size and even average size church person. But a lot of that does not translate well to these people that I've worked side by side with. They kind of have some different situations, especially some very unique situations on some subjects. 
And as I was just sort of sitting there, I said, God, if you wanted me to do this, you know, like give me like at least a dozen things are unique that need to be addressed. And that came up within a day. Mm. And so I was like, okay. And so since then I've been working with other youth pastors from small towns or rural areas and, and having them be guests and tackling subjects as uh, these individuals, these youth workers need. We've so far talked about how to work with little to no budget. We've talked about ministry envy. Uh, there's a two-part uh, episode uh, that I had some amazing help on with some youth workers about kids in rural poverty situations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're just kind of trying to speak into their lives about the struggles that they see, and we want to encourage them and equip them to do well. And so that's kind of uh, what the podcast is all about. Yeah, I've, I've really enjoyed it. Um, I live in a smaller community uh, that's getting bigger by the day outside of a, a larger city. And so I have some of some of the things you're talking about, listening to, to some of those topics. And they go, these definitely apply here. And then there's other ones that I go, I don't really have that because we're not a super small community. Uh, and so I'm kind of kind of in the middle. Um and uh, one of the things that stuck out when you're talking about was you, you mentioned it, the idea of a, a limited run podcast, which you said that on a recent episode or on a mm -hmm. uh, whatever. And I was like, oh, I've never thought about that. Like, I've always thought we're going to do this in perpetuity until I get bored and, and stop doing it. But I like that idea that we're going to talk about what we need to talk about and then we're going to be done. Um, and uh, that allows you to give good quality uh, episodes, which it has been. Uh, and I, like I said, I had lunch today with a buddy who's in a small town, outside a small town, outside a small town. Um, and, mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, you, this is, this is where you're at. Like you, you definitely need this. Um, and, uh, and no, and, and, and I've enjoyed it. Like I said, I've enjoyed it. I've gotten a lot out of uh, your, your episodes and I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to that. You, your first episode, I laughed so hard when you're going over the different qualifications for people who should listen to the show, you know, the different things. Oh like, yeah. The zero episode. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and just, you know, I forgot all of them, but it was things like, you know, if going to McDonald's involves a 45 minute field trip, you know, like it's, it's, <laughs> this is for you. And uh, so uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy what you're doing there. And uh, we, if you, if you're looking for great tips in ministry, uh, definitely check it out. It's a small town youth ministry podcast, right? Small town youth ministry, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I forget what my, the name of my podcast is half the time. And uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's this, I go, that's right. It is that it is that I said it wrong. So the small town youth ministry podcast with Kyle Creel, uh, check it out because it is fantastic. Well, we were talking before the episode yes. about you know what areas of ministry we're going to talk about, and um, for us in our area, uh, our governor just lifted a lot of the emergency orders that were put in place for COVID, and so we are technically able to go back to 100% normal, uh, but we've had almost exactly a year of figuring out what new normal looks like, and we said, well, let's take some time and talk about what changes had to be made. Um, and uh, it's definitely been a lot of change uh, for us in Florida. People pretend like COVID doesn't exist. And so we were able <laughs> to move closer to normal a little sooner. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so what are some of the changes, Kyle, you've had to make over the last year because things had to be different? Well, uh, April of 2020 in May, we were just strictly online. Uh, we didn't have any contact with kids other than I was going to a different kid's house every single day. And I was leaving a bunch of like yard flamingos in their yard <laughs> with this sign that said, we miss our flock. Mm, and, I like it. Yeah. and it was just this kind of encouragement because his kids were following it on Instagram and stuff. They're like, oh, am I going to get flocked next? 
And uh, it was a way to kind of keep the kids like interacted, even though we were just doing, you know, online hangouts a couple times a week. Then the summer hit and things were looking like, okay, we, we can be safe in what we're doing. And we did some outdoor social distance stuff once a week. Um, like, hey, participate in this picture scavenger hunt. You know, you and your siblings can just, you know, work together. Nobody has to be together, together. And then there was a couple instances where we got pretty close, but we were careful. Like we set out our nine square outside and we uh, had a, a constant bottle of uh, uh, hand sanitizer going and stuff. And uh, kids brought their masks. And then we got the clearance after a couple things changed. Now I'm in Iowa and we've been very different during this whole process. I'm going to admit for anybody who's listening to this and you're like, well, how did you even get away with doing this? Um, know that our governor thinks differently and we're a small rural area. Uh, so yeah, you can go Google that. But um, by the time September rolled around, we were able to kick back open our Wednesday night youth groups. And then we had a separate one for middle school, separate one for high school. And we changed it up a little bit so that when the kids come in, we had seats that were distanced from each other. And we played a lot of games that weren't like physical touch. Like we did a lot of Kahoot this year. So the kids were using their own phones as remote controls, or we would do like these like hey, what's going to happen in this video clip thing? You go stand on the side room to vote to see if you get uh, removed from the competition and everything. Um, and then in between the youth groups, we were like spraying everything down before high school came yeah. in and you know, stuff like that. Uh, and uh, that was working for us. And we had more kids, at least in our middle school youth group, than pre-shutdown. It was, okay. it was pretty amazing. They were, they were dying for a place to be. I had some high school kids not show back up. I would say I honestly lost about a quarter of them mm. because uh, they knew if they got sick, they wouldn't be able to participate in this thing like their travel league sport or right, dance right. competition or whatever. Right. So that was, that was a little hard, but we did what we needed to do. And we ended up having to have uh, just out of caution, a little shutdown around Christmas we ended up like basically not doing anything in person between Thanksgiving and new year mm. because uh, we had a couple of scares uh, and we uh, I think also didn't want a lot of people like getting sick at Christmas, but yeah. then we kicked it back up in January doing the same thing we're doing and slowly things started even going lesser and lesser and lesser. We have had a non-mask required thing here for a long time. Yeah. So um, we, we hadn't even probably had, but one or two kids wearing them because they wanted to wear them in one volunteer all semester, yeah. like wearing masks. Um, we just kind of said, hey, let's respect each other, though. We have this thing called the chicken wing rule where it's just like if you and your buddy are staying cl so close that you guys, your elbows could be touching when you're sticking them out, you know, doing the little chicken wing and right. just like maybe take a step back, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Um, uh, we, we continued that discipline throughout the year and still was careful about things like we were passing out pre-wrapped snacks. We were, we, we did turn the water fountain off, but we made sure there was ways for kids to get uh, drinks without, you know, cross contaminating and stuff like that. And uh, it just has been like a little step changing with comfortability each week to the point where, I mean, we're dunking kids in the same uh, 
horse trough tank that we used yeah, for yeah, baptisms yeah. last night and we were serving birthday cake you know and so it's like for us we we're kind of finally back at what we were but it was it was definitely a year of okay we're going to go to this phase okay we're going to go to this phase okay we're going to start bringing this back uh and we were lucky uh I, I know it's not the same for everybody but it was slow methodical step by steps and I think we're pretty much back at where we wanted to be now as we ended the school year last night. We're going to hit up our summer mode soon. We're taking a break for a little bit. But uh, for us, we definitely had to learn to be imaginative with mm -hmm. uh, how we're going to address things. Because, yes, we love playing games where the kids were wrestling over uh, a right. giant teddy bear or something right. like that, you know, and like hey, we're shooting spit wads at each other. It's just like, we can't do that this year. We, <laughs> we, we got around it, though, by you know, using our noggins and uh, also sharing a lot of great ideas with other youth ministers. And uh, there's even some bonuses that came up about it. I had to learn a whole lot about uh, streaming yep. and technology, uh, being just the youngest person on staff that's <laughs> sent to you by default. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I actually got to take up our presentation game a little bit and I did some new and different things. And now we've even got a YouTube channel that is continuing to be updated weekly with the message that we record. In case there's a kid who is sick or anything and can't make a youth group, they won't miss out. They can still go to our YouTube channel, listen to the devotion and the small group questions can, are on there in the, in the description of the, the episode. Right. So they can and look on, on their own. And it's like, hey, that's a way for us not to leave a kid out if they have a busy season or something like that. True. So there's, there's some, some cool things we picked up along the way. Yeah. It's, it's definitely been a, you know, it's, it's the season that youth pastors can thrive in because we are already creative. Like it's, it's already mm -hmm. in us that we have to be there. Um, I love my senior pastor, you know, but when on a Sunday morning, he's responsible for the sermon and maybe like one other element, but usually just the sermon. Whereas us, we've got to coordinate worship. We've got to coordinate an entertaining activity. We've got to do the lesson. We've got to come up with small group. We, like, we have to, we have to do all these things. And so we're already, mm -hmm. uh, we're already creative forcibly uh, to, to, to do that. So it's been interesting for us. What we've noticed is there were some, definitely some, some cracks in our foundation in that we were relying heavily on our service. And so when you can't meet for a service, can you not do ministry? Well, no, that's not it at all. Uh, ministry should be about relationship. And so for us, like we had to take this huge pivot because even though we were doing streaming, we still weren't connecting with kids and they weren't feeling connected with, with a screen. And so um, we had to really start finding ways for us to connect with them uh, to, to build a relationship, which has been, which has been good. We in Florida, it's been, we really haven't had a mask mandate much the last year. Uh, we let our, like my leaders, I mandate that they do it. Like you're, you're a leader, you're a volunteer. I'm telling you, this is my expectation. Uh, I want you to wear a mask. Uh, but our kids, it was up to parent discretion. So for a long time, we didn't have any kids in masks. Um, we have, like, like you said, we got one or two, we got one or two that say, I want to wear a mask. I'm not coming without a mask. Um, but, uh, but not a whole lot of that. Um, we've had to learn how to do things differently because our community is doing things differently. So one of the big things we do is once a month, we go and take over a fast food place and just like stay there until they kick us out. Uh, and it gives me an opportunity mm -hmm. to spend time with parents and all those other things. Well, for a long time, fast food places had their lobbies closed. So how do we, how are we, yeah. 
how are we going to do this? And so, you know, we, there's a, you know, we would find a parking lot, like everyone grab takeout. We're going to meet at this parking lot and hang out for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. And uh, so that's been good. Um, we uh, we've done a couple of our services on YouTube, but what I've started doing in the last several weeks is uh, having the kids submit questions from the lesson. And then I record the answers the day after and put those on our YouTube. Uh, and so the, the, the hot button issues or whatever, and sometimes they have nothing to do with the topic. Uh, like I've got my stack of post-it notes in my pocket now that are all our questions. Uh, and, and one of the questions <laughs> we were talking about Galatians chapter two um, and how uh, Paul had to confront Peter and say, don't be hypocritical. Don't, don't be one thing to these people and somebody else. Don't turn back to the law when God gave us his grace. And this is the question I got. How long was God there in quotes before he made the earth and stuff, you know? And so like, it's not necessarily have anything to do with what we talked about, but, uh, yeah. but, but we do those, but I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to, either the we, our, our Wednesday nights, I don't know that. I mean, it may be, it may be great. They may enjoy it, but I don't know that I would want to sit and watch our Wednesday nights on YouTube. <laughs> But but in answering a question, I might go, yeah, I could listen to that. I, I, but but one of the benefits of doing that, uh, your your situation as well, these kids are able to share that as well with a friend who doesn't go to church. True, you know, check this video True. out. Check this out. I mean, this is what we talked about. It was crazy. You need you need to hear this. Like you were you were just telling me about this at school the other day. You've got to listen to this, um, which is why we do a lot of stuff on YouTube because it's easy to share. Here, check out this link. You need, there's this video. You were asking mm-hmm. me, you know, you know. Why do non-Christians celebrate Christmas? Well, here we go. There's a video. So um, it's definitely been good for us to have to do that, to have to find ways to connect yeah. out there. Um, because, I mean, that's that's the trend, man. The trend is they're not coming to church. They're not going to be there. And if we wait for them to walk in our doors, we're going to miss a lot of kids. Um, so, no, it is it has definitely been a challenge. Um, and it's been frustrating not being able to do certain things that we want to do and the way we want to do them. Uh, camp for us. We're going to a place that I don't really particularly want to go because everywhere else is canceled because of COVID. Uh, that is that's near us, and uh, and that's frustrating, you know. Or like um, uh, uh, the way we, that we recognize our seniors, like we had to change that last year because we couldn't we couldn't yeah. get together. Uh, we had to we had to find other ways. And you're right, youth pastors are fantastic at sharing. This is the one good idea I have, and then everyone takes it and runs with it. And so if everyone shares their one good idea, we get a lot of really good ideas. Um, so it's been, uh, but that's been, that's been fantastic to be able to do that. You mentioned a couple scares. We had one, I was, um, it was the week before we were going to start meeting again in person. Like we had met together in person for six months at that point, March, April, March, April, May, June, July, August. Yeah, six months, six months. We had met in person. We did all zoom from like March all through the summer. And, um, we met together all our leaders and one of our leaders had COVID didn't realize it. And several of us got COVID the week before we were supposed to start. And so we had to push it back another two weeks. And I remember being just so angry, so mad. And, um, you know, our other leaders were not understanding why it's like, listen, y'all been doing what you, what you enjoy doing. Like you've been leading worship. You've been preaching on Sundays. I've been looking forward to being able to see my students and spend time with my students. Yeah. And now I've got to wait another two weeks because I was being Ugh. proactive and making sure that we were prepared. <laughs> Like I am frustrated. So it's been, it's been a challenging year, but I think a good year, I think a good year. So if you were to think like, what are two or three things that we've tried this year that we are definitely keeping moving forward? What are those things? Number one, spaced chairs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I saw somebody else talk about this. Um, they're not six feet anymore, but uh, like we kind of got a tile floor thing. Mm-hmm. And so I go like checkerboard pattern on there because middle schoolers can't lean over and whisper or like be touching each other and stuff like that 
when they have their chairs a certain distance apart. And I'm just like, this significantly cut down on the chitter chatter in PDA. I like it. That is good. So yeah, I'm, I'm keeping that. Um, uh, I mentioned cahoots earlier. Um, I've always loved trivia based games, mm-hmm. but they've been hard to quantify because unless you're having someone like walk around and keep tally of scores are giving all the kids pins and paper and stuff like that. It, it's, it's kind of hard like to figure out how are you going to get everybody involved versus just like two people up front. Right. And I got a little $36 or something a year Kahoot membership to create all sorts of different quiz contests. And now everybody in the audience can play and it keeps track of the points. Mm. And uh, it, it, it's, it's really neat. And, and I like that. And if anybody's listening and you've used Kahoot, so you want to give it a shot, um, I would love to give you a couple of templates we used. I'd love to swap games with you. Uh, just let me know. Uh, but Cahoots is something that I just re-upped the membership on, even though it was year membership, like I said, for like $36, I think. And we used it a whole lot more. Um, I'm still going to use it. I'm, yeah. I'm going to make uh, that membership worth worthwhile. So I put in my regular budget. And um, one more thing. You know, I will just kind of say that this is maybe a personal failure, uh, but we did not do the best we could have done in the past with permission forms to participate in our youth group. Uh, we just straight up have a church that's in the middle of our community uh, in a downtown area where a bunch of like unreached kids slum around after school in the evenings till it gets dark. Um, to be honest, 80% of our youth group doesn't attend church anywhere. We've, mm. we've uh, done some, some research with them. It's not that they attend somewhere else. Um, 80%, they don't go to church on a regular basis. They don't have a family member that goes to church. And uh, we're just letting them come in. And I had no contact information for these parents in case there was an emergency. Right. I had to trust on a kid to actually give me some parent information. And it was like, dude, what if, you know, like the dodgeball hits a light in the ceiling, it falls and hits you in the head, you know, yeah, just yeah. like, I, I need a way to contact parents. And we made a more formal push, even to the point of we sent out the school, let us send this out over the school email system. So every kid in, in the system got a copy of the PDF that they could print off. I had stacks. I'm friends with like the local uh, band teachers in the middle school and the high school. They had stacks in their classroom that kids could just... Uh, take a, a form home and it was a more formal information sheet so I could figure out how to contact parents in case of emergency mm. uh, but also I kind of did it underneath the guise of saying in case we should have a potential exposure the week your right. kid is at youth group we want to be able to email you and let you know or call you and let you know yeah. and so parents were like yeah put me down and then also we had added a little like release sort of thing like Hey, um, also you're cool with your kid being here, knowing that there's a risk of exposure. And also you're not going to hold the church liable, you know, if they choke on a, a, 
Pete playing Chubby Bunny or, right, you know, right, all right, that right, other right, kind yeah. of stuff. It was just like an overall covering our back sort of liability mm-hmm. waiver. And like I said, the parent contact information that I hadn't been too good about in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Uh, and I think we're going to continue to do that. It uh, won't be nearly as involved this next year uh, since we believe COVID shouldn't be a problem. But those required participation yes. forms uh, is probably a really wise idea. Yeah, I like those. Um, I was thinking about, about some of ours. Uh, one in particular is connecting with our families rather than just like assuming that they're connected, you know, writing little notes to families is something that we've done this year that we haven't typically done in the past. Mm-hmm. That's been big uh, just to let parents know that, you know, we're praying for you. If there's anything you need, um, let us know. So that's been a big one for us. Um, uh, I was trying to, there was another one. You mentioned trivia. Have you ever used Jackbox games at all? Oh yeah. We were actually using Jackbox before. Uh, we usually have a, a game night where it's all screens and we have, things that really let people interact jackbox games um there's so many cool indie games on like the switch marketplace you know that allows multiple players and uh, we'll have like three or four stations set up and and do those kind of things and the kids love it for sure yeah those are those have been those have been good for us um I'm trying to think i was thinking of a couple i mean it's been it's been a good year it really has been a good year for us uh um i'm trying to think though it's all becoming a blur Anyways, it's okay. I'll just take your answers and cut all this garbage out. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it's 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 been a challenging year. It's been a challenging year. I'm looking forward to the next year. Hopefully, being able to get back to normal. The the one thing that I miss greatly, uh, our school has not let it, our schools have not let us in. Like no volunteers in. So I'm looking forward to next year being able to reconnect that way and be there. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. What actually? What are you looking forward to most going back to normal next year? Well, in, in non-youth ministry related stuff, I'm hoping to pass off the duties that I accepted is the church in-house tech guy and yeah. streaming expert um, to take some time this summer and try to teach a few more volunteers who can take that ministry underneath their wing. Mm. So that's not something that I have to spend Half of my Thursday routine is getting ready for Sunday church. And that means that I have to get all the slides set up for the worship uh, and the stream pre-made on YouTube and uh, just, just all the stuff that comes with that. I'm looking forward to handing that off to somebody else and uh, being one less thing that I have to, to delegate or to take care of each week because I've delegated it. Um, that would that would make me a, a more happy and healthy youth pastor. Uh, but uh, if you're you're talking about within youth ministry, uh, I'm looking at hopefully having a couple things return on our calendar that we just didn't really do before. We used to do this big concert every year. Uh, we we like bring in a professional Christian group, and uh, that was obviously canceled last fall when things were were pretty tight. Uh, looking forward to uh, going uh, to the homecoming football game event and rubbing shoulders with our kids. Um, looking forward to white elephant gifts actually being getting <laughs> exchanged at our Christmas party. Yeah, yeah, and when we go on our annual trip to a student leadership conference 
being able to everybody go inside and eat Chick-fil-A. There you Last go. Last year, we did not get to do that. We had to get uh, a to-go order from another restaurant mm. uh, and then go find a place to eat. Because, yeah, so many restaurants, as you mentioned earlier, the lobbies indoors were closed. And so, yeah, just just to, uh, to name a few, those normal things of our year, those highlights, getting to do those again after not doing those for a year. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Kyle, I appreciate you taking time and hanging out with us. And uh, don't, oh, forget thank check, you. don't forget to check out Small Town Youth Ministry Podcast. It is worth the time. Check it out. I'll have links to all kinds of stuff we talked about in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe, give us five stars and a great rating and share nextgennerd.com. Appreciate it, Kyle. How can they uh, get in touch with you? They want to get in touch with you. Um, you can always DM me on the Instagram account or the Facebook account for the Small Town Youth Ministry Podcast. Uh, feel free to friend me on Facebook. I'm on there too, Kyle Creel. That's C-R-E-E-L. And if you want to email me to talk about anything, you can go to the show's email, which is smalltownyouthmen, uh, just M-I-N, uh, podcast at gmail.com. So that's smalltownyouthmenpodcast at gmail.com. And I love to hook up with you guys and, and, and talk about your ministry. Awesome. Kyle, thanks. Nerds, see you guys later.